is audio fucked up again. Ah, how should I do it? Oh, I know. I'll turn him into a flea. A harmless little flea. And then I'll put that flea in a box. And then I'll put that box inside of another box. And then I'll mail that box to myself. And when it arrives, <laughs> I'll smash it with a hammer. It's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Welcome to the Sunday Movie Marathon. It's episode Hello. 35, I think. Yeah. And we're here today drinking some nice honey and lemon tea. My throat is sore. I don't know why I put myself through that. <laughs> Sounds like you've got the COVID. Nope, I have not. Take a flow test for work, so I definitely know I have got it. But who, who knows, maybe just early stages. <laughs> but I hope not. <laughs> How are we all doing? Yeah, not bad. Darcy had her uh, microchip implanted into her today. I did. Yeah, you got the chip. Yes, the government is now watching this podcast. Well, hey, Boris. We, know he'd, we <laughs> knew he'd love it. We know that Boris is an avid subscriber of Sunday yeah, Movie his, Marathon. His favourite film is The Invisible Kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I want to know what Boris's favourite movie is. Maybe something like really weird, like Tom Cruise's The Mummy or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I forgot to talk about this uh, last week, but I did go to the cinema, and there was a baby coffin behind me the entire time. I was like, "Oh, I wish I hadn't come here because this was." I did like a double bill, did Wolfwalkers, which was amazing, and then afterwards I was like, "I don't really want to go home," so I decided to go again to see um, the new Disney movie, Raya and the Last Dragon. I was like, why not? Um, and this baby was just coughing behind me the whole entire time. I was like, I wish I hadn't have done this. And on top of that, the movie wasn't best. <laughs> I was like, just, just double torture. Well, not torture. I didn't hate the movie. But you guys saw it uh, as it just dropped on Disney Plus, right? Yeah. So obviously, it's been on Disney Plus like for months under that premiere access thing. But um, I think on. Friday maybe it was like put on just for free if you got a subscription so we finally watched it and by that I mean we watched like the first hour and 10 minutes and turned it off yeah yeah, it's yeah. A, it wasn't a bad movie it's just about as mediocre and bland as a film can possibly get it, I just I don't even remember any of it now that I'm thinking about it now but no. It's it's a real I don't know it's a real shame because I actually quite liked the look of it everything was nice about it but it was just I didn't feel like the story was just a bit too like it's been done by Disney I think it's been done to death yeah I love I love Disney's stuff and like I like the idea of them doing like a fantasy sort of thing like this I just wish they did something a little bit better like yeah obviously you watched Wolf Walkers the same day which is kind of yeah similar in presentation in some ways but that's so much better and i was even like i was constantly reminded of um how to train your dragon obviously by dreamworks they're big one of their big competitors and that that film's so much better than this and it does like a lot of the same fantasy sort of stuff although i'd argue the animation is better in this film yeah of course the animation looks incredible it's it's literally the best thing i've ever seen that being said though have you seen like the third 
uh, How to Train Your Dragon movie, because I would argue that looks better than this. Yeah, to be fair, How to Train Your Dragon 3 yeah. looks incredible. Because, like, I mean, that was, giving like, me a early. face of disgust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is like that out, or is that a thing that... Yeah, that's that, out. N- no, yeah, I, don't really, I don't really like DreamWorks animation. It just, it looks oh, weird what? to me. Um... I would agree, but I do think the second and third How to Train Your Dragon films do look a lot better than what I you mean, expect the, from DreamWorks. What's his name? No Teeth or what's his name? Toothless. 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 <laughs> He's cute yeah. though. He no is. Teeth. <laughs> yeah. Old Mr. No Teeth. That's what they call him. <laughs> this is almost as bad as when... um. Connor used to do this podcast and he used to get the names wrong and Max would be like his name was Jim or something every like five seconds. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> My favourite one he ever did was when we when he brought up funny games like a couple weeks later and he called it Good Laughs. Classic. Classic meme. But yeah, sorry Darcy, I'm gonna have to disagree with you completely and I can't believe you just said this. Like what do you what do you mean DreamWorks isn't like good animation or like that? Do you know I, what I, I feel like me and Max are gonna end up arguing by the end of this uh episode to be fair. <laughs> Look, you, you say this as someone you clearly haven't watched like the Kung Fu Panda movies. You clearly haven't seen Kung Fu Panda two, which is like top tier DreamWorks movies. That looks right, amazing. R- right. Okay, so I'm not saying the animation is like bad, like it it's good, but I mean is it more if like get, the designs and stuff? I th- you do you know what? Like? I think it is the style of animation. It's not how it's like done or anything because it's like smooth and it's like it's well done. I just don't like how it looks. Oh, okay. So it's more like a subjective thing. Like yeah, yeah. It's, it's just wise. about preference. Yeah, I, d- right. I don't think it's dog shy. I think it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're wrong, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, we were talking about Raya and the Last Dragon just... Yeah, took well, us away completely because well, well, the movie is so memorable. Yes, I've actually forgotten that we were talking about this movie. I honestly don't remember anything about the film. <laughs> no. like, um, it like exited my mind as soon as it finished. Like I keep <laughs> forgetting we watched it and we only watched the, it like two days ago. The, o- the only thing that I... Because obviously apart from the animation, the parts I remember, but um, I just want to understand, did they ever explain why the dragon was like furry? Um, like why... Why was the dragon fairy? It's a Disney movie. Oh, they couldn't make it scaly because that's too creepy. Didn't breathe fire either. <laughs> it makes, it yeah. makes no sense for it to be furry because it's like a water dragon. Yeah, no, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just glad that someone else noticed that that is just doesn't make sense to me. As soon as I saw the design of this dragon, I thought, I know exactly what this movie is or like, I know exactly what this dragon's about. It's going to have some sort of Melissa McCarthy type voice and it's going to make crazy... Uh, funny, fun jokes all the time, and guess what? It does. But the jokes aren't good. <laughs> the, oh, the, so... The writing is so bad <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, what like, did Jesus you think Christ. about that... Um, What's that little kid? The one who's like, hi, I'm the guy who makes the sushi on the boat, and then was like doing like all these finger gun things, and Chris was just dying inside. I yeah, could just it, see it. It reminded me of Short Round from <laughs> Indiana Jones, and yeah. like the cringiest character in any film. And I don't that know. kid in this was—he was better than <laughs> Short Round, but still, I didn't like him. 
<laughs> it wasn't the worst thing in the world. It's sort of like, no. oh, I'm watching a Disney movie. This is the kind of Disney stuff that Disney does. So I didn't really, I didn't care too much for him. Uh, but he didn't like piss me off at all. Um, I think mostly what pissed me off was like the, the voice acting for the dragon who sucked so much. I don't know who voiced her at all. Like, first of all, why did it have a voice in the first place? I didn't want it to have a voice, really. I just wanted it to be like an animal. Yeah. It actually, um, most of the film, this dragon is a human, because they can, like, shapeshift yeah. into a human or some shit, which is basically just exactly what happens in Wolfwalkers. They can turn into yeah. people. Wait, uh, and I think Chris has failed to mention the fact that this is all happening because of these gems, and then Chris turns to me and goes, this is basically the Avengers. Yeah, I was like, this is the plot of Infinity War and Endgame. They have to well, get all these... No, it's especially the plot of like Endgame, where they have to travel around, get all these gems, because they, if they collect all the gems, they've got unlimited power and they can stop the bad guy or some shit. Yeah, they can stop the purple villain. Yeah. <laughs> the most forgettable yeah. villain. And they go around like the world and they get... Like, they recruit the Avengers. Yeah. So, like, they've got some, like, baby they encounter with a few monkeys. And, like, she's, like, the baby's there and she's, like, really smart jumping around because she's, like, a really cute baby, but it's not cute. And she's also got like, cute monkeys. And they steal stuff, I guess. It sucks. <laughs> and then they go to, like, this snow village type place and then there's this guy who's just alone because... Everyone's been turned to stone and he's alone. <laughs> I don't know. They pick him up and he's he sucks. It sucks. It all sucks. <laughs> Honestly. No, I won't say it all sucks, but like the writing is really boring and bland. I really didn't connect with it. It is at all. It's a bit flat, isn't it? Yeah. None of the characters are interesting. I actually I comp- I don't even remember the villain in the slightest. No, I was just about no. to ask you guys who was the villain yeah, of that film. I don't remember. Was it that girl with the short hair? Um, the one who owns the cats because she goes, you end up like a uh, crazy cat lady, like me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was yeah. so bad. She's like, what is it, Ray is like, I know there's good in her because one time we met for five minutes and then she betrayed me. And then like she has to go, <laughs> like there's the villain has to go through a redemption arc because she loves the dragon so much. She's like, oh my God, the dragon is amazing. Uh, I have to save it. And then... She just goes through like this. Oh, yeah, spoiler alert, sorry. But she goes through this like, re- like redemption arc that she ha- absolutely has to go to go through. Oh, I could see this coming from a mile off because it, it needs to happen because it's that kind of a story. That's just like my problem with the movie overall. It's just it's very uncreative, very bland, uh, bland storytelling, bland writing. And I just I kind of wanted like when I was going into this, I was like maybe it will be different. Maybe. It will be like a more epic fantasy tale, and just like in in a, in a way that Disney kind of hasn't done before. But it's just the same shit that we've seen over and over again. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of potential with this movie, but it just kind of felt like every other like animated fantasy movie that I've seen. And I can, I can think of so many that I'd rather watch over this, like the How to Train Your Dragon films. Like, all three of those are great. Um, Wolfwalkers is also really great. I, I'm not yeah. a fan of um, Pixar's Brave, but I'd rather watch that over this. That's, like, mm-hmm. a little bit more interesting, at least. The characters are actually characters and somewhat likeable, whereas this is just kind of... It just feels so 
manufactured and by the numbers. Yeah, and in Brave, they have like Scottish accents because it's set in Scotland, but here it's like with Rare and the Last Dragon, it's set in like the the East, but like they all have American accents for some reason. Yeah. That pissed me off so much. Oh, what? Yeah. In this, in this film? Yeah. Everyone's yeah. got American accents. Do you know what? I hadn't even. I should have picked up on that, but I didn't pick up on that because isn't that every actor in this me. is like of Asian descent, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much. It's all like a American Asian cast, but they all speak English. You wouldn't be able to tell because it's animated no. and you can't see their faces. But it's like that's probably my biggest problem overall, aside from like the, the boring structure and just bland writing, is that the entire time it's set in like this Eastern culture and it wants to depict this Eastern culture both in like terms of like the language and in terms of like the time that it's set in because it's not set in modern day it's set in like the before times or like the middle ages or something and they're going around the east around these deserts with all these um different different characters and it's like <laughs> like disney wants to have like both pieces of the pie is like he wants to set the film in a more eastern land but they'd still want to have their characters retain american accents even though it makes no sense or like Western ways of communication is probably my biggest problem because they're telling like all these modern meme jokes or stuff and something like oh like people can't relate to jokes if they're not from like meme culture or they're not from just like the kind of shit we see on the internet every day that hurts the film so much because they don't want to they they want they want the scenery and they want the aesthetic of the eastern world but they don't want to go further than that and they don't want to depict the actual culture yeah i was saying to darcy when we were watching it that i actually would i would like to see the, the that sort of film like um from a big studio like this like an animated film set in like a a culture like that and have like the native the language in the native yeah. language with like yep. native actors and actresses but that that isn't what they did at all it's just people speaking in english with american accents and it's like really badly recorded as well like all the voice acting i think is really bad and so much of it literally sounds like very reverb heavy like they recorded it in an empty stairwell <laughs> for some reason and i found that really distracting that like anytime they said anything it was just it sounded awful i guess the problem with um because i think the idea and practice is really nice like getting your native um actors and getting them to speak in their native language and things but we're talking about films for kids here which is the yeah. only issue. I mean, honestly, like, fine. Set it in, like, like do an English language movie. You always do. It's not, like, I'm not looking for that much from Disney, but, like, even Black Panther, they had, like, accents that were, uh, like, native to that type of area in which, like, Wakanda was set because, like, people actually pushed for that. But I don't think anybody pushed for that with Rare and the Last Dragon. Yeah, but is that because they're using... Um, dual heritage actors or is this just like they just don't want to go there I don't think they want to go all the way this doesn't feel like a film that they really care deeply about no I don't find it like cynical but I find it lazy it, 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 yeah it is basically a product of oh we haven't done a film in a little while let's push a film out yeah they they kind of have to do a film every like three or four years at this point, just because just because they can they, yeah they can. sometimes they'll do a film every year and I feel like when they do that the film 
the film quality really suffers. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of what happened here because like the yeah, last film was, was last Frozen one? 2 in 2019. Yeah, and who saw that? Yeah. Who knew about that? Because I didn't even know there was a second one until It's one of the highest grossing films of all time. Uh, exactly. <laughs> well, I didn't even know about it. Yeah, but I then... always forget it existed. But this was supposed to come out last year. But obviously because of COVID. Film? Yeah. yeah. But obviously because of COVID, it didn't. So That's just unfortunate. That's not really a product of their failings, is it, to be fair? No. I do wish Disney wouldn't make a film every year, like maybe step away and make one every few years, like spend a lot of time working on it. Because I think of like some of their best movies, like the Renaissance movies from the late 80s and 90s, and all of them took about three or four years of development, like Lion King took forever, Beauty and the Beast took forever, and those films really are of high quality, and that's kind of what, kind of what you'd expect from Disney, because they're like, they're like the kings of animation. You go to a watch a Disney movie, you expect some sort of quality, and I don't think that's what is presented here. I don't. The animation looks great, but that's mm-hmm. about it. There's nothing else really to the film at all. They know that though. They know they're the the giants in the industry, so they they can just be lazy, and it doesn't really matter. They can make these really shitty boring remakes of their classic animated movies everyone will go see it and it'll make a billion dollars so they don't really have to try yeah it's a shame to see disney are just so soulless now i mean obviously they've kind of always been it but the quality of films is definitely not there anymore i i honestly i was looking up their filmography and the last film i liked from them was big hero 6 in 2014 and I'm pretty sure they've done a film every single year since then, and I haven't really enjoyed anything. Uh, I don't know. I, li- I liked a couple of them. Like, wasn't, um, yeah, like Brave and Tangled, but they were quite a while ago now as well. They're outrageous. Again. Didn't you say you liked Moana, didn't you? I did like Moana. I, I can't lie. I did forget. But this is the thing. Um, I feel like the longer. I don't know whether it's because I'm older or whether like the longer this has gone on, like obviously the quality is dropping a little bit. But I just um I haven't really had much interest in like the modern Disney movies, like whatsoever, pretty much. I don't think the quality's quite there anymore. I don't think um any of the films they've done over the last decade has had the imagination and like creativeness of like Beauty and the Beast and Mulan or Tarzan or any of those films or even like earlier back like Alice in Wonderland or Pinocchio or any of those classic movies it's just kind of I feel like the magic is kind of gone they go through like periods where they'll make great movies and then just make shit again and they kind of went back into making somewhat decent movies in the early 2010s and now they're just back to making mediocrity at best and it's a shame to see um yeah animation's really good honestly but just overall it lacked passion like creativity like you said and that's that's the big draw i don't really care if like a movie's not like the best of the best in the world but if, if you can tell that like the, pe- the people who made it actually cared about it that shows you know and this yeah, did definitely <laughs> rare in the last dragon it, it didn't um and I have lowered my rating since seeing it because I literally forgot all about it. <laughs> yeah. I'd give it like a 5 out of 10, I think. Yeah. Probably give it like a 5. I don't think I... Well... You gave it like a 2 out of 5, didn't you? So like a 4 out of 10. 
Did I write it? Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be. I I did give it. I did give it a four, but I don't think it's really fair considering the fact that I didn't actually finish the film. So I don't really <laughs> yeah. want to rate it. But what I saw was a straight four. I I don't know. I don't feel like it's this kind of movie where if you finish the movie, your opinion's really gonna like improve. No, unless the ending is like incredible and changes like the entire movie. It's very rare when you get that far into a movie that something's going to happen that will make you like love the film suddenly. No, but I mean, I feel like it should be um, judged as a whole thing rather than me just going, oh, I turned it off. Give it, I don't know, a s- one star when I could have just finished it and then gone, okay, that was still shit. One star. Do you know I mean, I just don't think it's fair. Yeah, but at the yeah. same time. You ain't missing much that last half hour. I told Chris what happened at the end. He was like, yeah, that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. It does. Because it's really predictable. Well, it is what it is. You try to watch it and you couldn't succeed. Which well, I feel like is kind of a something in its own. Right. Well, I feel like that was on, on you. Because Chris was the one who turned to me and said, you don't mind if I turn this off, do you? <laughs> and of course I said no, because I didn't give a shit about it. But the point still stands that he turned off the film, not me. Okay. <laughs> Just want the world nice. to know that. Sure. If yeah. it ever comes out. So that's that. Ray on the Last Dragon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do better next time. Or don't, like, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> see it, don't see it, whatever. It's such a middling movie. Mm. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus now. I'm pretty sure it's out on Blu-ray as well now, so... And it's still showing in the cinema for some reason, so you've got plenty of ways to watch it. <laughs> Literally everywhere. Just don't sit in front of a child. It's not a good experience. I was just like alone in the theatre, and like a few families were dotted around because it was like the middle of the day. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Oh, I wanted to talk about was it the new Conjuring movie? I saw that. Uh, me and Connor went to see it uh, the other day, I think. It must have been the other day. Yeah. Um, Theatre was packed. Of course, everyone loves these Conjuring movies. Uh, the Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Directed by, um, I, I don't know, some guy. It's not James Wan anymore. Can we just point out that it has literally like the worst title? It's such yeah. an awful title. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. I mean, Max might be able to What's explain to it. Does someone say it in the movie? It. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't remember this movie at all. Um, <laughs> sat through it all. Um, everyone was spooked because it's really scary. Um, I, I went home and I was like, I gotta watch the first Conjuring again because I don't really remember what I thought about that movie. And compared to this new one, it was amazing. I don't like, I don't love it. Like it's not like the best thing in the world. It's kind of bored. But like the first Conjuring, it's got style to it. James Wan injects his style into that movie and it makes it all the better. Um, but this has no style. It's really, really boring, and it felt like it was about two and a half hours long. I was so bored. I was so bored. I almost fell asleep. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what like the general consensus was. I couldn't really make out what people were saying about it. Maybe they just didn't care. Um, but I just think that 
like my main issue was that sure I've seen like the first two movies I was like okay I'll see the third one I'm like halfway through I'm like what's happening oh I don't care but like I want like characters that I care about in movies like this and I just don't care about these people there's like um who's it Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga no yeah like they're in the movie because they're in like all these movies because it's about their cases they are not like bad actors but the characters suck they're so boring I don't yeah. know if you guys like remember like their characters in the, the first two movies at all but I just don't think they're very well written and like, I really wanted some characters to latch on to and to understand their struggles and what they were going through but it just didn't like it, none of that was communicated well because it just shoves that all aside in favor of like just a bunch of jump scares it looks it, it, it was it was really bad it was honestly abysmal yeah um we were actually gonna um watch it like before the episode and we just didn't get around to it but i i kind of i kind of knew what it was gonna be because you don't have james one attached anymore and he's someone who he has he has a definite drive and you can tell he's very passionate about the movies he makes and um all the conjuring movies are like they're filled with jump scares just like um the film critic mark Camodi like calls them cattle prod cinema where it's just like nothing but silence and then every once in a while there'll just be something to prod you and make you jump and that's kind of what the first two are like but i do think he injects a lot more into it so there's like actual atmosphere there's like genuinely disturbing creepy imagery and I don't think any of like the spin-off movies have done that. I don't think any of the films that have kind of come out in the wake of the first Conjuring have done that. And I kind of knew this new one wouldn't do that, where it's just literally the only thing that's somewhat scary about the film is every once in a while someone yells at the screen after loads of silence. And the, yeah. yeah, it just doesn't sound enjoyable to me. When James Wan makes a movie, he injects like his own style into it. Like you can tell you're watching a James Bond movie. He he'll use like the camera to like produce like a really creepy atmosphere, or like he'll use the music or editing to evoke some kind of interesting feeling in you. That's why Aquaman's so good. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> this has none of that. There's like one one scene where there's like a one shot take, and that was that was all right. It was pretty interesting how they did that kind of like the camera moves through the house and it's really smooth and quick the way it makes its turns so like if i had to praise the movie like i guess that some of the lighting choices were all right but for the most part it like the the lighting was really awful and it looked like dishwater like the entire time it looks so bad like who the hell lit this movie who was the dp i don't know but it looked awful yeah I don't have like too much to say on it, honestly, because it's it's like leaving my mind. It left my mind as I as as I left the theatre. I just thought it was really boring. It relied way too much on jump scares that weren't scary. It's just like ah, you weren't expecting this loud noise. It's like okay, that's not fear. That's not visceral tension, and it's not yeah. Like, it doesn't grab you. It's just like aha. Okay, you got that scare. Okay, we're going on to the next thing. It's, it's so boring. The yeah. story sucks. Yeah, I jump at things really easily, and everyone always makes fun of it, like <laughs> me for it. And it's almost like they think that I like genuinely am scared of what I'm watching, but I'm not. 
it's just a loud noise startled me. That's literally it. Yeah, like like you weren't even paying attention, and it's really boring, and suddenly like something awakens you. Yeah, that is generally what happens when we see films and they make me jump. Like when we saw um, the 2016 Ghostbusters, I was really bored and wasn't paying attention. And there was like suddenly a loud noise and it made me jump. <laughs> yep, we did see that movie in the cinema. <laughs> Indeed we yeah. did. Maybe that will come up on the marathons one day. Please no. Please God no. I don't want to watch that movie again. <laughs> We can just um, watch the first two Ghostbusters movie and the new one with Paul Rudd in it. I'm sure that'll be great. Yeah, that'll be great. Anyway, uh, The Conjuring the Devil movie, uh, 3 out of 10. So. Nice. So uh, we come to uh, the show. The show that we watched, season one of Westworld, started yes. in 2016. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I was kind of like rushed to finish this because it didn't plan it well. Didn't plan out my watching the episodes no. well well enough. No, so we um I I knew we'd wanted to record early in the week, so it's ten episodes, so I was like, okay, we'll start it last weekend, I think it was we started mm-hmm. it. And I was like, we'll watch one episode a day, like we'll watch it a little bit early to account for <laughs> when like Darcy's working late shifts and doesn't want to watch it after work. And it got to the point where we watched two episodes and we went multiple days without watching it. We had to literally binge about seven episodes over like three days because we were so far behind. It was literally, I think it was six episodes. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I like watched the the last episode in like two chunks because it's like an hour and a half long. So I only finished that this morning, as I'm speaking. Yeah, we yeah we literally watched it this afternoon, so it's quite fresh. I think both of us kind of forgot about it. No, I, we were like planning our day, and I was like, "Wait a second, we got to go back like at some point to finish this show." Yeah, heartbroken, Max. I really was. But cheer, should we like explain what the show is about? <laughs> You've yeah. done that. So, yeah, um, Westworld, uh, adapted from Westworld, it says, okay, um, <laughs> it was, it's like, um, there's a park and, uh, it's like a futuristic Western themed park called Westworld and, uh, people go there and spend a ton of money to go there and, uh, interact with, uh, the replicants, I mean, the, uh, the robots who are, uh, like, like, they look like people. Uh, you wouldn't think that they they weren't people, but they're robots. And um, then, like the, some of the robots start malfunctioning, and uh, all these people who have gone there for like a good time uh, start to see the cracks, and uh, some of the the robots start to start to experience that maybe um, they think this world isn't what it, all it's cracked up to be. Maybe they're living in a fantasy world that's controlled by. Uh, uh, the higher ups, people who made this world, this West world, um, and yeah, there's lots of killing, uh, sex, and violence, and um, and it's kind of like it's kind of like Blade Runner in a way. I think it took a lot from Blade Runner, uh, but yeah, I, I I like this show this season. 
uh, I don't think it was perfect. Um, but yeah, what, what did you guys think? Yeah, I, I thought it was all right. <laughs> Go yeah. ahead, Darcy. I know you have the strongest opinion out of everyone. Ah, of course. Um, I no, it it not for me. Um, just okay. There's 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 a lot to unpack here, really, because there are parts of it that I genuinely, genuinely thought were really good. Parts of it that sure. I thought had really good potential. Some of it did interest me, and then just like that, in a in a second, I was just bored again. Didn't want to watch it, and I just it's just not. I just don't think it's for me. I think it's one of those sh- um, shows where you have to have at least some sort of interest in the like the topic or the theme of the show, and I just didn't care about any of it. There are like yeah. um, multiple um, storylines throughout. And um, yeah. I found half of them really, really fascinating. And that was what ke- was keeping me going. And that was what I was like, this is like genuinely really great. And I like, understand the hype for the show. And the rest of it, I was like, this is so dull and boring. And it was like multiple episodes where there was it was mostly dedicated to the storylines I didn't like. And those points where I was like, you easily could have taken this episode out or like reduced it in half because there was like so much that I felt was very, very repetitive. So many like character interactions and scenes that like just felt copy and paste, like they were just going in a loop. Sort of the point though, right? I guess. <laughs> just because um, it was the point of the show doesn't mean it was entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess not. Um, I kind of agree. Yeah. You got all these like you got a handful of characters that you want you you've got to follow. Some of them are more interesting than others. Some of them are doing like the narratives and the stories that are set out in Westworld. So you get to see like uh, like Western shoot 'em ups and uh, all these like quests that they go on. And then some of them, some of the characters are based in like this facility that makes the robots uh, and makes the stories. And there's more like a CD element to it that's going on, like maybe like, like they shouldn't be doing this because like, when you create life in a way and you just imprison it, is that is that right uh, or is it not? And you kind of left to decide. Well, who knows? Is it right or is it not? I mean, honestly, that's something I got more from like Blade Runner, and I like that more. But <laughs> this, this kind of does like basically the same thing. I'm not gonna lie. I love the. Uh- basic idea of the show like um having this park where you can just basically do what you want i thought it was like a very interesting idea it's um yeah the film is based on or the show is based on a film from the 70s that was written and directed by i think it was michael Crichton who wrote the original jurassic park novels mm-hmm. and um i would be interested to watch the movie i wanted to watch it before doing the episode but i didn't have time because I'd be mm-hmm. interested to see how they tackled this story like earlier on, because it feels like very, very modern, and I don't know how they would have tackled it back in the seventies. Yeah, be interesting to watch that. Um, yeah, I do like some of the storylines. Um, they're like characters. They've like Chris said that there are a couple of storylines that you like, but mostly not uh, not the best in, in most of them. I kind of feel like as it went on i kind of started feeling the same way but i was mostly attached to um uh, thandia newton's character uh, Maeve. i thought she was really good and for 
some of it I was attached to Ed Harris's character because he was kind of like this mysterious guy. But then, like as it as it went on, it was kind of like we haven't really learned learned anything about this guy. And then the reveal that he was some guy that we'd already like been we'd already been seeing, but like a younger version of him. And then all of a sudden, like this reveal is that uh, it was told in a non-linear storyline. And he's old now, and he's lived here for 30 years or something. That was like, okay. <laughs> like, a lot of it, like, a lot of these reveals could have been really good, but like a lot of them just, like, weren't very interesting or they didn't really go anywhere. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree um, um, with you when we've done um, the storyline with Maeve, um, Fanny Newton's character. That was probably one of my, possibly my favourite bit of the show. Like, I really found her story, like, interesting. Her, like, slowly becoming sentient and um, eventually, like, she starts waking up in when she's being, like, operated on and fixed. And she starts, like, having, like, recollections of her dying. She's kept, like, all her memories. And, like, um, there's, like, a guy who's, like, starts helping her break out and shows her how everything works. Like, one of my favourite scenes in the whole show is where um this guy is like showing her all the technology of the robots and how they're like built and how they work and there's like a really beautiful um string version of motion picture soundtrack by radiohead playing and that that sequence was very eerie and atmospheric and i thought that was great and there's so many great moments like that during her storyline and there's great reveals um, in the last episode when it comes to her stuff as well. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of the hook of the show. Um, I'm like looking through like the cast here and I'm trying to think of the stories that were attached to these people kind of coming up empty because I don't really... <laughs> just, I'm like, oh yeah, was that really all that fun? Not really. Um, there's like... What are we? We're following like Jimmy Simpson's character a lot. William... Plays like one of the McPoyles. I was like, one of the McPoyles. Yeah. And then this, it's always sunny. It's always, always like, he's in always, it's always sunny in Philadelphia the whole time. Yeah. Um, and he showed up in Zodiac as well. He's, he's just everywhere. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would agree with you. That was my least favorite story in the entire show. Oh, the one I didn't with give Dolores? a shit. Yeah. The oh, entire Jesus. Dolores he's thing. Like I've fallen in love with the robot. <laughs> like, oh, okay. brilliant. Of course. Oh, get Wants to break her out. Yeah, that was <laughs> never went anywhere. Hey. Yeah, it was so boring. It, it, yeah, you, like you're, it, like you said, yeah, it, it didn't go what, anywhere. Yeah, what happened to it? was just so abrupt. Nothing. It was like they got distracted and they were like, "Oh yeah, let's oh, focus yeah. on this instead." <laughs> the, the part that pissed me off was like, why do you show us them so much just for that storyline to go literally nowhere? Because you'd also been showing us uh, Williams' character. As an old man, without us knowing, so we all yeah. like suddenly all that was erased, and all that all the intrigue that went with like the man in black played by Ed Harris, who was like a genuinely great actor, and he plays the part so well. But then it's like this reveal happens, and we find out that he was actually William the entire time, and I'm like, so what is it? Why does any of that matter? Yeah, at that point, I just didn't really care anymore. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to that storyline at all i was just kind of like when that was happening i was like okay this is like the fat and the meat the meat being like the mave storyline and like um 
Anthony Hopkins character and um I like the um story all the with other um people. What was his name? Arnold? Um Bernard? Bernard. Yeah, Bernard, aka Arnold. Yeah. That stuff yeah. was really great. That was I the only that. thing that weird. I was interested in. Everything else was boring to me, if I'm honest. Yes, yeah, the plot twist where you find mm. out he's actually a, like a robot. A robot was great. That that reveal was so good. That got me. I turned around and I went, bloody hell, something's happening now. <laughs> when he like murders um one of the women that works there yeah. as well. That bit was great as well. Yeah. Mm. I do I don't mind that that beat is like a reveal. But at the same time, I was thinking there was no like lead up to it. Like, was there like any kind of like hinting at it beforehand? But it was just like all of a sudden, oh yeah, and you're a replicant. Yeah, there wasn't really any build up to it at all. Yeah, so that's why I thought it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, as much as I do like, <sighs> do I like the actor? I thought he was all right. Like some of his stuff was like genuinely one of some of the most emotional stuff in 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 the season. Like, there's a point where he's like having a flashback where his like son is dying and he's like trying to get to his son he's like shouting out his name and he's crying but like the doctors are like pushing him away that was brilliant yeah that was good i liked um in the last episode where you find out how arnold dies where he like gets dolores to shoot him that was great yeah that was crazy that was Honestly, like a fantastic scene even though like the last episode episode 10 is like an hour and a half that was like probably one of the best episodes. I thought it was just like it all ratcheted up, and I was like, "This is yeah. insane stuff that's happening." I would probably say, as a whole, that would probably be my favorite episode. The last one that was the one yeah. where there was the most stuff that I going on that I was actually interested in, and I felt feel like that was like the one where even the storylines I weren't that interested in like had some sort of closure and were wrapped up fairly well. I think. Yeah, and there's stuff that just doesn't really work or like like Anthony Hopkins is is in in this show and okay he's like a villain character I don't like Anthony Hopkins he's a good actor really fantastic actor I didn't get like loads from him in this show it's like he was kind of a villain he's doing like these evil plans he's hired out this like big digger that's like kind of like this mysterious element throughout a lot of the season and i didn't feel like that really went anywhere he's like i'm planning this new narrative i'm planning this new story for the for the uh, westworld park and i'm like okay and he does reveal that at the end he's like here's my new narrative but then i'm just like sat there like what was with the big digger then yeah they kind of hint at him being so much worse than he actually is and then it doesn't really go anywhere. Like, I guess apart yeah. from him getting Dolores to, like, murder everyone, but still, that's about it. Yeah. It's supposed to be kind of evil, but I don't really get that from him. I think there were some bits where I found him very creepy, but he's played a better villain in The Silence of the Lambs. It's, like, one of sure. the best villains in any film. That's definitely just a better performance. Just do the same thing, but Westworld. Make it Westworld. Probably would have fit for his character, to be fair. Yeah, he was just a bit more sinister. Some of the time he was just like, I'm an old man, I know what I'm doing, don't question me. And it's like, okay, he's kind of, he's a little grey, but maybe he's not like so evil. And then, kind of, you get like, oh yeah, actually, he's he's stone-cold killer. 
he's a stone cold killer and <laughs> then like he dies i was like i wasn't even shocked when he died i was like i kind of felt like maybe he probably would die from like the middle section of the season i was like he's probably gonna die yeah i did like um the scene where he dies a lot where um like Dolores comes up behind him, shoots him, and then starts f- opening fire on the entire crowd. I thought that scene was really great. That was bonkers. <laughs> I was staring open mouth. I was like, oh my god, what the hell? And then it ends. Yeah. Straight after he gets shot. You didn't expect the robot uprising? Maybe not this soon. I, I, I don't know how the second and third season are, but I think they've meant to be fairly different to the first one yeah you guys like how like ed harris is searching for this maze the entire time and then like right at the end he's told the maze isn't for you (laughs) and it's just like okay that's that then yeah so it doesn't get any it's like it's not for you it's for the hosts you go like deeper into themselves and like they solve the maze and they once they get to the center they've essentially attained true consciousness and they're free that's a nice concept, but why do you just go all that way to come up with nothing? Yeah, I feel like that's that, and obviously the bit with um, Dolores and um, the, the McPoyle guy. I can't remember his name. <laughs> can't remember really? his name in the show at all. Um, they, um, I feel like with those storylines, there's just so much wasted time. I feel like so much of it is like very repetitive the same thing going on and on and none of it adds up to anything it just kind of goes nowhere and that was what made the show such a slog I think if that all of that stuff was taken out I would have enjoyed the show so much more but that was what really brought it down and made it so boring at points yeah like all just like the concepts that it explores or that it presents maybe I would want it to delve a bit deeper into the concept that it's presenting or like just do something a bit different that I haven't already seen in Blade Runner you know like like literally there was a moment uh what is it it's like in episode 7 and then one of the guys is like he's talking to Maeve about like her uh, friend in the whorehouse and he literally says I didn't want to retire your friend that's out of Blade Runner retiring when that's out of Blade Runners. <laughs> so I couldn't help but just like link it to that movie the entire time. Moving away from like the characters and story and stuff, because I don't know if there's much else we can talk about and that sort of mm. thing. I think visually I think there are some really great visual ideas, like the designs of the technology, I think super inventive and great. I love the creation of these androids, like um the way they put like real a real skeleton down and like mold around it and that sort of stuff. I think that looks fantastic. All the yeah. like effect work, I think, is really great. Like, it's ridiculous how I think this is like some of the best like CGI I've seen in a TV show. So much of it is like really great. I think. Yeah, it's all really good. You get like the like the mannequins of the people that they're making in like this big ring, and that's kind of the logo for Westworld in a way. Or like the show as a whole, you might think of this show, and it's like it's the man strapped to a big circle, and then they've got like this huge vat of like milk or whatever, like human milk or something, and they're just like, 
like splashing <laughs> him all in the milk and he's making him into a human. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> so cool. A lot of really great effects um, when they get stabbed or like, like a lot of the, uh, sometimes the blood didn't look real, but then uh, like when you cut the, the robots open, you could see inside of them and like you're all like, it would show the process of them being made and unmade. You see, like the the insides where it's like machinery. That'll look really great. I am. Um, I really love the western setting in the show. I think a lot of like the set design and everything looks really great. It reminds me a lot of the classic like spaghetti westerns and stuff. And I think they do a really great job of capturing that sort of vibe with all of that. Yeah. Pay attention to like the costumes and the uh, sets. They all looked really good. Uh, especially like I'm sure there's a lot of CG in the movie in terms of like how they shot different areas or like different like, landscapes. But it all looks very authentic. Uh, I guess that's the kind of thing they're basically going for uh, with the show as a whole. It's like they want it to be this authentic experience for the guests who come here. I love. Um the music to the show as well. That's like one of my mm-hmm. favorite things about it. Like the score is just generally, I think really great, but there's like every episode has um, like Western versions of like rock songs, like multiple episodes have like Radiohead songs mm-hmm. in them, like adapted into like Western versions and sh- or like string or piano versions. And I think all of that is really great. And they use it incredibly effectively. Like I said earlier with the the scene with motion picture soundtrack and um The exit music. Yeah, exit was music really for a good. film in the last episode. Cause that's like a song that is very tense because they wrote it for the ending of Romeo and Juliet, but the Baz Luhrmann version in the nineties. So they wrote it for the end of a film and it's like something about it is very anxious and slow building. And they use it very effectively here. They use it really well in Black Mirror as well. Oh, um, don't talk about that episode. Gets they use me it going every time. far better in that, where it's like... Yeah, it's, it's incredibly horrible generally watching dis- it like, that. Yeah. Really disturbing in that. But as soon as it started playing and like slowly building up, you knew shit was going to go down in this. It's true. It is yeah. the shit's going down song. Which episode was that? For Black Mirror? So- so near the, the one with the guy from it's the end of the fucking world oh yeah that one <laughs> yeah oh I, they talk about which black mirror episode it's yeah. called shut up and mm. dance yeah that was a good episode um i'd also i also like the music a lot uh roman Duardi, uh, he did the score for game of thrones that was a fantastic score it's just a very talented guy i feel even got like the uh the theme song for the movie that plays the show that plays at the uh, at the beginning titles credits that was it's all really good so it's very memorable I do want to talk about like the acting in terms of like the robots uh, the, uh, obviously they're portrayed by actual people because it's like they're not going to make actual robots uh, but yeah I thought all that was like sometimes you would get like just these weird ticks that they would have or they feel like humans but it's kind of the aura is a bit off or the vibe is a bit uh, crooked like they had like slightly robotic body language and physical acting but all that was really well done 
yeah yeah definitely it was all really good I don't think mm. it was like a single actor in the show who I thought did a bad job I think everyone was really good I think um, Fanny yeah. Newton probably delivered the best performance I've ever seen from her she was so good in this show actually insane yeah fantastic acting definitely my favorite <laughs> my favorite of uh, of the show it was just any time that we got to see her it was like a breath of fresh air uh, whenever she was on the screen again because her her narrative is just so interesting the way she's like kind of figuring things out or like she's telling this guy to like stab her just so like she she can see like oh there was a bullet in me but now the bullet's good the wound's gone so you gotta stab me here so i can get the bullet out again like things aren't really adding up for her so she and she goes down this really interesting path where like she kind of becomes like the puppeteer in a way where she gets she like manipulates these um the surgeon guys who are working on the repairs for the robots to like give her access to like more intelligence and like different uh ways of processing and different emotions that she couldn't feel before she was fantastic yeah i loved her um twist with her in like the last episode where you find out that like everything she's doing has been like pre-planned like she's not in yeah. control of anything everything she's saying all of her plans everything has already been written out for her i thought that was like a really like kind of upsetting like end for that storyline but i thought it was very fitting for the sort of show and i feel like if they made it so she was breaking free and she was like completely in control would have probably felt a bit out of place yeah it was a real big oof i was like for crying out loud yeah <laughs> no autonomy yeah i do have um some problem like a big problem with some of the writing i feel like um a lot of the dialogue i found very very like cliched stuff that you hear in like loads of stuff like i kind of get it if it's like between the androids in the in the park because obviously it's like meant to be like uh almost like a trope of like westerns and stuff like that so you kind of get it when it comes from there but there's also a lot of very cheesy cliche dialogue from the human characters as well and some of the other interactions outside of the park i think there's also a lot of um i found there was a lot of like action or horror movie tropes throughout especially like in the last episode i noticed quite a few like how you got um there's a bit where these guys are like um cleaning up these two robots and one of them pulls like the mouth guard out of one of them and you instantly knew that that robot was going to come back come alive and bite his finger off i felt like that was like a super predictable thing i've seen so many mm. things and there's also like a scene where those same two robots are standing in a room with loads of other robots who are all standing very still and these guys are like trying to find them and going through and obviously everyone's stood still so he doesn't know which one's which and that's something I've seen done so many times. I feel like so yeah. much of the show is like really original and unlike anything I've ever seen. And seeing things like that that are just so cliched and like tropey just kind of ruins that in a bit. That scene kind of took me aback a little bit because I thought like the entire time we were showing this room of like the robots uh, that were like decommissioned <laughs> that they were like all naked. And they weren't wearing clothes because, like, why would they need clothes? Because they're they're not active. But then, like, these the the 
the robots who are like trying to hide from the guards, they have clothes on, but then yeah. like they go into the room, and then some of the other robots also had clothes on, but like they're not active. So when was this set up? Like they did, but what? Yeah, it didn't really make a lot of sense. It made no sense whatsoever because there was like a there was like a cube in which they like hosed down all the all the robots before they they put them in this room and they took all their clothes off and they just washed the blood off of them and then they just put them in this room. Now all of a sudden, like some of them had clothes on. I didn't I didn't understand <laughs> what that was. It was, felt like a really weird oversight. Yeah, there was also um. There's like multiple scenes where you got people explaining like bits of exposition, like important information about the past that they slowly reveal all throughout, like the backstory of the company in the park and that sort of stuff. And they like explain it to the robots, and all of that stuff seemed very pointless because, like, especially yeah. when like um, is it Ford played by um, what's his name? I've forgotten it now. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, he um it's been a long day, I'm tired. Mm. Yeah. His um character, he like explains to Dolores the entire history of Arnold and all that stuff. And it was just like I kind of get why he's doing it cuz obviously he wants her on his side. He wants her to eventually shoot up all these people, but like he she's at his will, like sh- she's a robot and he controls her, so it seemed very pointless that he had to explain that sort of stuff to her. Or, like, just the guests would go into the Westworld and they'd explain to the hosts that they weren't real or, like, that there was another world outside of this one and they lived in the real world and the hosts lived in the, the fake world that they paid money to see. And it's like, if you already know that they can't comprehend when you say that, those kinds of things about the outside world or about this world not being real. Why? What's the point in saying it at all? Yeah. Yeah, none of that really made any sense. No sense whatsoever. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think... Yeah, I, know, I know some people probably will look at that like we're like nitpicking on the show, but I feel like it's like important flaws with it. Yeah. Some of like the physics was just like weird. Like how they... Like they'd be on like a moving train, but like it would... It would come out of like what the facility? Like how do they, how do, how do they take the hosts out of the game and back in the facility, and then replace them without anyone realizing if all these narratives are going on? Like they need to have conversations or fix the hosts in some ways. Like how how do you take them out of the narrative that they're in without distracting the people who are actually real? Yeah, <laughs> I felt I was like, well, what's What's that for? Like, I, did, I didn't really understand. Like, maybe they tried to explain it a bit, but like, I think Darcy touched on this, or like, we talked about it a bit, but just like the conversations they were having, was, sometimes it just wasn't particularly interesting. Like, you lost like your train of thought while you were watching them have this conversation that wasn't filmed very interestingly, or like it didn't engage me at all. Uh, sometimes when they were talking, it didn't like demand my attention. So these things just kind of slipped through the cracks. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of um, big oversights in the show. Yeah. I watched this on like Now TV as well, and sometimes it had subtitles, but sometimes it didn't, and that came to be a problem. And, like, I don't know if you guys had this, but like 
Sometimes they would just mumble lines and I didn't understand what they were saying. We also watched it on Now TV and the subtitles were always there. But sometimes they would like flash off the screen for a second and come back. Or words would be joined together. Words, pretty much every single time the subtitles were on the screen, words would be joined together. That's so weird. Sometimes like a subtitle option wouldn't even come up for me. Yeah. Now TV's subtitles are awful. Like um, when we watched Prince of Egypt, mm-hmm. we had to turn the subtitles yeah. off because they were like constantly out of time and like subtitles be wrong or they would spell things wrong. It's just something they really need to fix and I don't know why they haven't. And there's so much on the platform as well that doesn't have subtitles and it's so annoying. It is really annoying. I need my subtitles, man. Yeah. I need it. I'm just Brexit. <laughs> Can't take it. Um, what else? Like, I didn't. I didn't get like, like they they, they kind of lament this a bit in the show where it's like, well, what's the point if like the guests can't lose? But it's like, yeah, if the if the hosts literally cannot kill the guests, like they can hurt them a bit, I guess, but they can't like deal any like lasting damage to them. Then what's even the point? And why should? How? I guess like like makes the park completely redundant if like there's no real kind of threat and they're saying like if you, the deeper into the park you go or like the further outside of like this town you go the the darker it gets but it's like but does it because they still can't really be hurt yeah maybe that's something that they'll um they delve into a little bit more in the second season i don't know um, they kind of delved into it like right at the end yeah kind season, of where, like people were legitimately getting shot by Dolores. Yeah. She was killing people. Yeah. So I, I imagine that would be probably something they expand upon a little bit more as the show goes on. Yeah. Um, I hope so. Did you like when Bernard gets like eternal sunshine and spotless minded? He's like, take me into my memories, Ford. <laughs> and like Anthony Hopkins <laughs> is like, you might not like what you find in there. <laughs> we're like, I'm just like, what? This is like the plot of Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, I thought the same. To be fair, that was annoying. It's like, oh, he's like cr- crying on the floor. He's like, Put me back in, dude, please. Yeah, um, I'm sure we're probably short on time. I just wanted to mention a couple of things. Uh, there's a character called Elsie who I quite liked. Uh, who's like one of the higher ups, and she's working with Bernard. But then, like, she just disappears for some reason, and the implication is that she's died. And then yeah. there's like a flashback, and it's revealed that oh, Bernard just killed her. He like crept up behind her as she like made a big discovery and like snapped her neck or something, and that was that. That sucked. It sucked. I was so annoyed. I really liked that character, and now she's just gone forever. It was like a very throwaway death as well. Like it was like focused on so little. Hmm. Like, it made it kind of ambiguous. Like, is she dead? Is she not? And then we never heard from her at all for, like, three episodes. And then, like, next next thing you know, it's just like, oh, yeah, she's dead. Oh, okay. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah, and also, I, I kept thinking about, like, when, when Bernard was, like, making Ford take him back into his own memory. He was like, this is, this is like Eternal Sunshine, but it's also, like, like, that scene in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince where Snape's going into Harry's mind. <laughs> Takes from takes from all these different different things that I'm just comparing it to that I like more, I guess. 
And that's like the big problem that I have with the show overall is that I could just watch what it's emulating or like it, it just kind of felt emotionless to me and it felt a bit too clinical. Yeah, definitely. Um, are we ready to wrap it up then? Yeah, let's, let's do it. <laughs> okay. So um, before we get into the ratings, when we do an, any of these like series reviews, when we're like doing the first season, we have to like ask the big important question as which is would we carry on the show i know darcy definitely wouldn't no not for me um i'm kind of in two minds because on the one hand i did actually enjoy a fair amount of the season and i've heard the second season is better um although i've heard the third season's not good so i'm not really sure but (sighs) yeah maybe yeah that didn't stop me from watching game of thrones i guess um uh, I, I guess I would carry it on, to be honest. I might not watch it in as quick succession as I have been doing because we needed to watch it for the podcast. So maybe I'll just kind of stagger it out and see where it took me. Uh, just, just if I've got like a free hour, maybe pop it on. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't. I would not be averse to carrying on for sure. I, I like. Yeah. No, I'm not completely against it. I'm just. Maybe I'll watch it in the future. It's not something I'm going to rush and finish straight away, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. So should we get into rating it? Yeah. Are we going to rate it out of anything or just out of 10? Replicants. (laughs) Replicants, okay. Um, Yeah, it's a good show. (laughs) I enjoyed it. I feel like a lot of it is very boring. Um, There's like a lot of storylines I didn't really connect with at all, and that was kind of what brought the show down a lot. A lot of very all over the place writing that sometimes is great sometimes is quite shit um i think i give it maybe seven replicants out of ten it's like a low seven high six maybe yeah um as as i went on kind of just fell off for me a bit or just i found more things that didn't really agree with me uh, as much as i do like it uh they say just I was just going along. I was like, I'm losing enthusiasm, and that upset me a bit. But overall, uh, it's still a good show. Maybe uh, watch it if you like like this kind of sci-fi stuff. Uh, you know, I'm kind of a sucker for like like good sci-fi and interesting concepts and robots and all that. So uh, I did enjoy it for that. Um, yeah, rating probably give it like a six out of ten. Uh, six replicants out of ten. It was good. Nice. Um. This has kind of thrown me at a, a curveball here Did a little bit. Did you not bit. think we were going to? No, write it? I didn't actually. Um, <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not <laughs> I um. I I wouldn't even know what to write it, even if I had one in mind. Because that's fair. I it's yeah. it's kind of like one of those shows where I just um I just don't know, guys. Yeah. I really don't. I, it's almost as if I never watched it. I just I just <laughs> don't know. Yeah, like you said, it's it's not your thing. No, and I think it would be pretty... I don't know. I think, again, it might be unfair to rate it because it was... For for me, I've, I've it's, it's hardly there. Yeah. I don't know, but... Um, Sorry, the rating is not important. It's it, is just... my, it is my own fault for thinking that I wouldn't have had to have rated a uh, TV show. It's my own fault, guys. <laughs> I should have came prepared. <laughs> That's all right. Like, there literally, when I get out of, like, a movie or a show... Like a rating is almost like a visceral reaction, which is like a gut thing. It's like, yeah, eh, it's probably like around here, but yeah, you don't have to rate it. <laughs> it's no problem. 
Uh, should we do the... We've got Spin another show. Yeah. yeah, the next show. Uh, we've yeah. got and got the two, next movie. Two wheels to spin. First, uh, next wheels. show. Uh-huh. Why are we spoiled? And then <laughs> for, the, for next yeah. week's marathon. So we got uh, another show, show season one. Show first. Yeah. Okay, season one season something one of... that we're going to watch. And it'll be for episode 45. Ten weeks from now. Yeah, so the show that's come up is actually one that I've wanted to watch for years. It's Chappelle's show, which is on Netflix. Mm. It's like a sketch comedy show. As in Dave Chappelle. Yeah, it's Dave Chappelle's sketch comedy show. Okay. I've watched loads of clips from it and I found it really funny. Far funnier oh, than cool. the stand-up special we tried to watch and had to turn off because none of us enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That bodes um, well, doesn't it? <laughs> great. Well, that's on Netflix then. Uh, not sure how many episodes it is, but how many episodes are in it? Just looking up now. Uh, we can definitely watch it within ten weeks. Yeah, twelve episodes. I think they're about twenty minutes each. Doable, oh, cool. very doable. No problem. Yes, like I said, it's on Netflix. So yeah, there we go. Awesome. If you don't have Netflix right. by now, what are you doing? And now the movie ch- movie marathon. Yeah, for next. Week. It's so long. It is. It's ridiculous. The first thing that's come up is the Bourne movies. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, we got free vetoes. We don't have to do it if we don't want to. Um, I know nothing of the Bourne movies. I can't lie. Um, are they the ones with Matt Damon? Me neither. Yeah. Who put this on the list? First <laughs> off, <laughs> I think it was me. It's got them on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't mind. I've, I know nothing about them. I've not seen them before. Um, so we we're going to have to watch them at some point, aren't we, yeah. I suppose? Be it now or in three years. So, so there's like... Sure. Yeah, there's like five of them, but we'll only watch the first three. Really? Okay. can't believe there's five of these. <laughs> I want to watch all five. I do not. <laughs> what do you mean? It's it's in it's 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 the it's the the franchise the series. Okay, there's like they're all um about around two hours each. So yeah, I think they're all under two hours, but they're above an hour and a half. So they could be worse. Okay, yeah. Born. Born. We're gonna see Matt Damon being born. So brilliant. Can't wait for those. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe it's brilliant. We don't know. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty sure all cool. three of them are in the hun- thousand and one movies you must see before you die. Could be wrong, but oh, really? I think at least one of them are. It sounds wrong. I'm not gonna... um, I don't know enough about the subject to dispute that. Um, but that's okay. that's going to be the next episode. Uh, we are social medias. We are YouTube, the Sunday Movie Marathon. <laughs> Please subscribe, please. We have like six subscribers. Um, <laughs> if you like it, uh, Twitter at Sunday Movie Pod, Facebook at Sunday Movie Marathon, and Letterbox at Sunday MM. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Sunday Movie Marathon episode uh, thirty-five. We did yeah. it. It's another show in the bag. All to come. Goodbye. Goodbye, farewell. Until next time. <laughs> On the <laughs> Goodbye. And further I'm a scatman.